Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Blast from Our Past Network. Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, rewatch it, and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade, and welcome back. You watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And this week, it's a very special episode. We are doing the Blast From Our Past Network crossover tribute to Kevin Smith's early works. We are doing Clarks, uh, that came out on Sunday. More Rats came out on Monday. This drops Tuesday, and tomorrow you will get to hear Chasing Amy, all from the lovely Blast From Our Past Network's people. Uh, Blast From Our Past podcast, Podcasting After Dark, me, and the fabulous OCD podcast. Um... It's awesome. It's super fun. I'm super chuffed to be doing this movie. I am so happy I love this movie. And I'm joined today by Flo. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, network endeavor. Um, I am half a bottle of rosé down already, which is why my bit ecstatic. How far gone are you? I've just had a tiny little sip of my very diluted... (laughs) <laughs> so we're in very different zones right now. Am the IMDb breakdown of Dogma 1999, directed by Kevin Smith. An abortion clinic worker with a special heritage is called upon to save the existence of humanity from being negated by two renegade angels trying to exploit a loophole and re-enter heaven. I did just try and read that out loud, and I read that as re-enter, because there's no like dash between re and enter. I was like, what the fuck is a Rinta? <laughs> Do you remember that in the movie? I love this movie. Um, it's It was genuinely one of my favourite movies as a teenager. I would watch it all the time. It's, I never really... I've never seen Chasing Amy. I only watched Clarks out of an obligation as a film student. I've never seen More Rats. I've never seen J.M. Silent Bob's Right Back. Um, but I've seen Dogma about a hundred times. Um, I was obsessed with it. And um, yeah, I loved it. Have you ever seen Dogma? I have. I've seen it once when I was a teenager in a religious studies lesson in secondary school. <laughs> and Learning. Yeah, learning. I <laughs> did like it, but mainly because I didn't have to do any work for like two hours. That's fair. I think I found the fact that we were supposed to be like learning shit and discussing things about it to sort of I guess it what's the word ruin it it soiled it yeah like I mean any movie that's used in an an educational environment is kind of ruined to to a point yeah and also it was just I mean you know I won't get too much into the drama of secondary school but um (laughs) Our religious studies teacher was horrible and, like, used her teaching to um, basically force her views on a bunch of children. And she was very anti-abortion and she was very strongly 
viewed on a lot of things and so I think I was just so suspicious of dogma the whole time and actually I was pleasantly surprised to find out it wasn't pushing some horrible viewpoint but I was suspicious because I was like why would this lady want us to watch this yeah that's mental from from the little that I know about your religious education secondary school teacher (laughs) uh, because I have heard the tales this does not see this is a very amicable thoughtful uh movie discussing religion in a quite positive light but whilst also a hundred percent pointing out its you know flaws if that's what we want to call them um we do we want to call them flaws and uh yeah that's really bizarre that she would be like yes this is dogma is an amazing movie (laughs) like yeah see i was expecting her to put on like passion of the christ or something but no she went for dogma nice i'm really worried i haven't seen it in a while uh so i'm really worried that it's not gonna live up to my teenage expectations or there's gonna be a couple things that i'm gonna be like Mm, yeah Um, it's always like 10 years later re-watching anything that you like to see pre-2000 what was <laughs> that um, what what <laughs> it literally opens telling you it's a work of comedic fantasy so again i don't know why your religious education maybe she liked the bit yes. that says passing judgment is reserved for god and god alone remember when you could just turn up to an airport yeah. and watch people just, yeah just chill i mean this is like a better version of the opening of love actually isn't yeah it? <laughs> love these two i genuinely think they're brilliant what you mean they're like rapport yeah as actors and as characters the cast is great the cast is genuinely great and the protagonist bethany i love her so much i've never seen a movie where there's been anyone like her before i'd heard before that this was influenced by good omens and you can really tell, like, just references they make where I'm like, oh, I understand that because I've read Good Omens. And otherwise, yeah, yeah. we'd have no freaking idea what you're talking about. Stop a couple of angels from entering and thus negating all existence. I hate it when people need it spelled out for them. She handles him with wonderful grace. I'd be like, look, Buster! <laughs> If you want me to do something for you, you're going to have to be polite. (laughs) I think that's why I love it. She just seems so like, this may as well happen. Yeah. About it. Sex is a joke in heaven. The way I understand it, it's mostly a joke down here too. (laughs) Burn. (laughs) Take that, humanity. (laughs) Someone told me I'd meet you and you'd take me someplace I was supposed to go just as a teenager i'd never watched anything where the protagonist had been a a woman and be a woman over 25 mm. do you believe in god again really underreactive just like i just got attacked by three children and saved by the strangest people ever i just love her she's like surrounded by absolute nut jobs and she's just like okay just shut up for two seconds i can definitely see me. that I'm slightly getting the thing of um, that age-old thing in comedies where the woman is the straight man and just reacts to everyone else being funny. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's not entirely fair to her because she is funny in a dry way, but occasionally I'm like, oh, I wish she could have some cool one-liners. Some of the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. I don't know what I was thinking in that diner, but being that I've decided to go home and not to New Jersey, sorry for the inconvenience and goodbye. Don't walk in the middle of the road. She's over it, man. <laughs> oh, those two assholes go. Oh. Poor Selma Hayek. Yeah. She's always stuck in these, like, the first time we meet you, you'll be doing a sexy, body. sexy dance. But Sam Hayek was um, in From Dust Till Dawn, right? Yeah. But yeah, at least yeah. in that, she, there was a certain power in her thing. I don't know yeah. why this feels so... Shitty? Shitty, and also because she's clearly parodying like a schoolgirl, and she did the little sucky thumb thing, you're like, it's that bit more creepy. And I, it's probably because this film is trying to be more critical of going to a place for a strip dance. Is that what it's mm. called? Strip <laughs> going to a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um it's tr- probably trying to be critical of that, but it just feels like they've deliberately got a shot of Salma Hayek being sexy while pretending to be a little girl. Uh, like yeah. Also, why does she have um uh Bindi? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> You're a pure soul. But you didn't say God bless you when I sneaked. <laughs> Loki? You're getting off light. Loki! I know, I'm coming. Yes, I'm CEO now. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. If everyone suddenly <laughs> dies, you just get promoted. I suggest you take the princess and get as far away as possible. I'll do what I can to get something out of poopy boy here. That was kind of boring. Yeah, weirdly unthreatening. Yeah. But like, I used to find it an interesting sort of like, oh, what a clever idea. Gross, but like, oh, uh, I like a crucifixion, a demon was made. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But like, in terms of like a fight scene, it was like, I don't care about the people, the red shirts that are sent in. And, um,. We've defeated it in like two yeah, seconds. Yeah, in two seconds, but it took so long to walk forwards that there was a whole monologue about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, maybe that's a comment about the movie where it's a lot about like ideas. Yeah, like this was a cool idea, but... I'll keep it in. I also, yeah. I personally don't know if something she finds out from the shit demon is going to matter later. In which I case, <laughs> I guess it would make more sense to keep in. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Because you're pissing people off, that's why. <laughs> I still don't understand what his bag is. I I thought Azriel was the angel of death, but Bartleby, it takes me so long to recall every name, Bartleby yeah. said there hadn't been an angel of death since Loki. <laughs> I'm just really confused every time he comes into the story. Yeah, I think he's just like a, a demon. He's a demon? Yeah, because he's got horns. Azriel is an angel, isn't he? Not in this one. Okay. But, but <laughs> mate, this thing, yeah. I'm no master of... But you know enough to be confused Confused, with yeah. I think <laughs> the... it's because I hear names and I make assumptions. Yeah. Okay, he's a demon. I guess he was about to talk them out of it or something. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to kill him. 
Could have just done a cool little monologue to him and then gone on your merry way. <laughs> Shit, man. Oh, look, maybe we should rethink this whole thing. I mean, I mean, you heard the guy. He said there are consequences. And Azrael tells us we're marked. Look, man, there is more to this than we thought about. I was close. You know, I was so close to just slitting that bitch's throat. Ooh, it's the shift in character. It's the shift in character. It's so beautiful. <laughs> he does it so well. My God, I've heard a rant like this before. What did you say? I've heard a rant like this before. Don't you fucking do that to me. You sound like the morning star. You shut your you fucking mouth, You sound like sir. Lucifer, man. You fucking lost it. Good Omens vibes. Big Good Omens vibes. PowerPoint effect. I don't know about you, I, I was starting to believe what you were saying, not believe, but like I was starting to understand what you were saying where she was quite, not passive, but quite just sort of there to be like, and who's this charming, quirky person who has something to say about religion? Yeah. Whereas I like to think that now she's sort of coming into her own a bit. She's getting more character. reactions to things, which is really nice. Yeah. She also, I was just thinking that she's giving me more of a... um in her calm moments now i'm getting more of a like margie gunderson from fargo vibe where it's mm. she's so controlled as a person but it's not necessarily a lack of feeling on her part yeah. which i already sort of got but i think she gets more opportunities in this second part to Definitely. show it off yeah 100 percent. only after everything you've seen everything you've heard could you possibly be able to accept the truth? I don't want this. It's too big. This is just like when Danny Dyer found out he was related to the Queen. Whomever has set the renegade angels on their path and is keeping them quite well hidden is also responsible for the Lord's whereabouts. Alan Rickman's gotten stuck in that pattern of da 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 pause. It's like, I'm fucking rapping, man. <laughs> Got a lot of exposition to get through. Maybe we could go talk to this guy, Glick. Maybe we could talk him into canceling the rededication ceremony. We? Are you saying you're back in, miss? I don't think I can do this anymore. Well, I've had a lovely sit at this fancy table and I'm now ready. <laughs> <laughs> like what actually happened that made her come to I mean I know she had her big heart to heart but it feels like it's more like she sat in a comfortable chair for a bit yeah, and was, was like, like I'm, oh, I'm okay <laughs> I've had something to eat yeah exactly she was so hangry and now she's back in the game do I make myself clear neither you nor any other influence short of the hand of God himself is gonna keep this thing from going off without a hitch <laughs> Why can't the Megatron just fucking do the fire for him and then? Yeah, I don't know. If it's that the... easy, just convince <laughs> anyone anyway. Maybe there's rules that that he can only appear to certain people at certain times. I don't know. It does seem pretty fucking important. This bullshit. These rules making everything the, difficult. The plot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting in the way. 
why can't in the first five minutes of the movie God descend and go no and like, just <laughs> stop. stop everything <laughs> the end Officer McGee alright mouthpiece let's leave the nice cardinal alone and go for a ride I love like the classic policeman with no thought process beyond alright you let's <laughs> move right, it along kids. and his name is Officer McGee <laughs> Escape from hell became my all-consuming reason. So I studied the religions and waited for my opportunity to present itself. Human, have you ever been to hell? I think not. I'd rather not exist than go back to that. But does he get, like, tortured in hell? Because he's a demon and he gets this cool suit and gets to come up here with his lackeys, so... Yeah, he keeps talking about how bad it is, but he has free reign to, like... Do what do he would like. Just stay up here then, if it's and such like, a big and deal. Study. Yeah. You've got the divine heritage going for you. Sanctifying is just one of the French benefits. Remind me to try that water to wine thing at my next party. How far away is this church? Banter, banter, banter. Anyway, it's the, <laughs> the 90s. Anyway, back to the plot. <laughs> he's weakened. You're weak. More importantly, he's also a human being. A condition which carries two liabilities. Conscience and uh... short lifespan. I'm sorry, old friend, but you lost the faith. You could have at least pushed him through the arch first. He lost the faith. I mean, Bob, he would say that, wouldn't he? He's gone cray cray. <laughs> 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 if I was going to be pedantic, I'd say he's still not human because he's got a tiny little bit of wing stub. Yeah, a little, little stub. How specific do you have to be? She can rebuild you. She has the technology. She can make you better, stronger, faster. More fertile. <laughs> yeah. Can you see that I'm pulling her face? <laughs> yeah. Are you cringed that she's preggers or cringe that Alan Rickman is like weirdly putting his hand it's, sort of it's, it's a bit of everything. It's the weird hand, it's also issues of consent. I know she wanted a baby, but it like it just yeah. It doesn't exactly work as a perfect ending where it's like, oh, surprise, you've been impregnated by God. And you're like, oh, fuck. Why don't you name the kid after me? <laughs> Rufus. And thus Rufus Wainwright was born. <laughs> the 14th I am. <laughs> Ooh. Bloopers in the credits. Yeah. When does this come out? 90s. 99. Uh-huh. Oh, Alanis Morissette. I didn't recognise her. Yeah. I think these people are like uh, Kevin Smithy type people that appear in a lot of his movies, uh. which is why they're getting sort of standouts. Boom. So that was Dogma. It, um... Oh. It, 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 it could have had 25 minutes 
chopped off of it. It felt long. Yeah, I think it... Because it, it's two hours and ten minutes. Because, you know, when they're um, calling back to the last five minutes on Earth, you said you'd fuck me. I, I was like, Jesus. When he first says that to her in the diner, that, that feels like days yeah, ago like for me many a year ago they agreed yeah that. um so i think you're right i think all of the golgotham because we don't see any sort of repercussions from it other than the muse figures it out but by then he's telling us his plan anyway so like she wasn't a major player in that all of that could have been cut i think yeah like nothing was achieved from that bit no and it wasn't nothing. funny it wasn't Good interesting you yeah, randomly was... killed off people that you just established as your ally so it was like yeah. why even bring them into it i guess it was a reason to get them out of the strip joint but that doesn't really seem like a that... good enough reason to do that exactly. big cgi could have just left like they did the movie cafe yeah like, how close was the strip joint to them like mcdonald's that they were at yeah um I think it was probably that it was a good idea that he had and he wanted to keep it in. Because of the one thing Serendipity said, which was about, like, oh, it's because of the crucifixion and all the bodily Mm -hmm. fluids that come out and something has to come from that. Which, like, is a fun idea. It's cool, but it's just what a boring way to explain that story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's a cool idea, but if you don't have a good way of executing it, then you kind of yeah. have to cut it regardless. So he wrote Dogma before he wrote Clerks, so it was one of his earliest scripts, but he wanted to wait until he was a more established filmmaker and before he could use real CGI, before he got it up on its feet. Ah. And I think you can kind of tell. I think it's riddled with brilliant ideas. I think it's got some great dialogue, and I love a few of the characters. Um but I, rewatching it now, older, not as a teenager, I'm like, yeah, this could have done with perhaps another draft or like, like slim it down, get to it's the point. It's good. A bit more. I think it could be shorter. There were bits where I felt mm. like it. Yeah, like you said, it could have done with slimming. There was stuff that was interesting, and then it by. I had a really short attention span when I was watching this and I'm not sure why that was but Mm. there were bits where I was like I feel like I've got the point but you're still talking for another five minutes and there were definitely moments of even on the train I loved all those scenes but I knew before we saw that they they were obviously talking to Bartleby and Loki I knew when she was talking to Bartleby that uh, Chris Rock was going to come in, Rufus was going to come in and mess that up. And yet you had so long because, and it was because the dialogue was good. Yeah. But, I mean, I know there's that whole Edgar Wright thing of like, movies now are just talking and sounds and there's like nothing more to comedy than that. And even though I don't think that's true for Dogma because there were some visual gags, it Mm. did feel like, oh these are funny lines though so we have to keep the scene even though you're like but nothing's happening you're just yeah and not even like well you could argue that it's sort of developing character but it's quite that's very true and it's building as well like i won't say Mm. it's not building um attention when you know something like that's going to happen there were just bits where i felt like 
no, that's more think... cool dialogue that you've kept when yeah. actually I as the viewer feel like I got it now and yeah, I'm ready yeah, to go yeah. to the next place I think the train's an interesting one to pull out because I think I think you're right I think it's even though you're sort of like you're like oh we all know what's gonna happen here I think it's really well played out I think it suffers mainly because the rest of the movie is so padded out and not so well paced and well written and interesting and well acted like I love I love watching Ben Affleck's face and I love watching her do her little understated monologues where she talks about being so angry but she says it's so calm just really simple little acting techniques that for some reason every time I'm just like what a great choice beautiful <laughs> beautiful um but yeah and I think we would have forgiven it a bit more if other parts of the movie hadn't been so padded and unnecessary like you're right they I mean it's taken me it took me several viewings to like truly truly honestly genuinely understand the like whole plot of this movie mm. the like loophole, every bit of it who sent it to them wh who Azrael is and why he's doing it um the ski ball stuff at the beginning when they put him in the coma getting him out of the coma and why he can't like all of the stuff it genuinely took me a few viewings before i was like right i think i understand dogma now <laughs> like i think i'm on board um i mean how easy was it for you to follow i felt like i understood it although i'm sure it's kind of like inception where you feel you get it and then when you watch it a second time you're like oh no wait i missed that bit etc etc mm. um but i felt the overarching plot I got. There were bits where I was like, I don't agree with that or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't feel that would work actually. So I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but in general, I felt I got, I definitely got the loophole and I got yeah. the, oh, it's all coming round and like, we, so long as we're free of sin and when we die, we can go to heaven and that creates a loophole. Mm -hmm. it, it was Azrael that really confused me. Yeah, because because then they start throwing in the fact that he was a, a muse that didn't take sides in the all-out like, war in what? heaven. And you're like, wait, I thought he was a demon. And then he is, he is a demon, but like he has free reign and he's able to go up to Earth and stay there for a while and he has magic powers that can cloak the angels and he's able to study and learn the different dogmas of religions. And But he's talking about how fucking awful hell is, so why would he have freedom to do yeah why wants. is he allowed to go <laughs> up to earth and have his own little like camaraderie with a bunch of hockey players if hell <laughs> is everything he says it is and yeah to the point where he would rather be wiped out of existence yeah. than go back there and he gave me like it was interesting because i've said i said to you before that um i have heard that um dogma has like some story points taken from good omens and i'd heard mm. that neil Gaiman was thanked in the credits although i didn't actually notice it when i was watching them through but that's half because i was talking to you i think i'll have to check that later yeah do but um i had heard that um good omens was credited in the dogma credits and that's really interesting. i'm not surprised by that because there's a lot of things where it's not necessarily that it doesn't already exist because obviously god omens takes God omens. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Good omens <laughs> takes heavily from, you know, all forms of religion, but particularly Christianity. Mm. But, um, yeah, it meant that there were points where I was like, this would make more sense if you were dealing with it in a good omens way. And particularly Azrael did that for me. Whereas 
he had a kind of Crowley type thing of yeah. in, famous in Good Omens, Crowley's character type is, oh, he didn't mean to fall from heaven, he just hung around with the wrong kind of people and it describes him as rather than falling, having sauntered vaguely downwards and that was enough <laughs> to have made him a demon. And then his response to that is that he very much enjoys earth and everything about earth and he it's not about him necessarily regretting being separate from god it's about him not wanting to be a part of hell Azrael seems to have that same freedom and i know we don't exist in the same universe as good omens which is a little more um i don't know blase pithy like just cool about like internal damnation and stuff but um Azrael yeah. seems really messed up by that even though he's had the same sort of story thing and he would rather die than exist as a demon in hell even though it would seem that he has free will and yeah, things he can do like, i mean maybe we missed it and maybe i missed it the 22 million times that i watched this movie that he there might be more explanation like yeah that i missed that he's like i had to escape nobody knows up i think he does say at one point like nobody knows i'm up here I've managed to, like, sneak out for a bit. But then also, you know, are we meant to believe that he's, like, keeping religious texts under cobblestones in his prison cell and, like, studying at night to find, wait for a loophole? Yeah, and and, and if Azrael, as a demon, is suffering in hell, then who's doing that? Like, is it all Lucifer? Because everyone's a fallen angel in hell, right? And, And also, Lucifer sounds pretty yeah so who's doing the torturing like where is the suffering coming from where is the bad did god invent hell to just keep his like and just made it almost like like a robot doing bad things to people yeah yeah like how does hell function and i mean i think they pointedly didn't show any like they could have easily shown us flashbacks of wars and flashbacks of times in heaven and hell but then it would yeah visual, i'm glad like, that they, there's no visual to what it. hell is there's no visual to what heaven is i thought yeah, that was but good it is confusing from wi- listening to the characters i think you make a good point comparing it to good omens i mean obviously it's very heavily taken from whereas good omens focuses on the antichrist this focuses on jesus's uh Born relatives relatives as. Um, but you're right like the sort of kicked out angels and demons in good omens are just sort of getting on with their life and they're sort of called into this higher issue because of their love for earth and that's very sweet and a great story whereas I think Earth is a punishment within the world of dogma. It's not in the world of good omens. that It's interesting, though, because they really still touch upon the same thing of, like, angels and demons don't have free will. They are predisposed to behave in the way that... in the places that they exist. And Mm. humans do have free will, and they have complete control over how they react to things. And Mm -hmm. dogma does that as well. But that's not like it's a source of jealousy for Bartleby rather than a source of like celebration for a character like Crowley in Good Omens where it's like how wonderful that we all just can do whatever we want here Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's such a good point because Bartleby has they they have no job on earth they weren't sent to Wisconsin to keep an eye on anything or they could they live as humans and yet 
but then I mean, uh, yeah I agree but then I guess what the, again I've only seen it twice and I, if I'm honest <laughs> I probably still don't fully get it but I, I I did like that bit from Bartleby where it was like that oh, sort I of different branch where it. he's like why was I created as someone who's so unforgivable for doing one wrong thing when these people get to do all sorts of wrong things and they can still be forgiven and that was really interesting and I love as i say dogma has so many little speeches in it that i just find absolutely fascinating and really as an actor like really really like juicy like his whole little monologue about free will and humanity versus the angels and then matt damon comes in with like you sound like the morning star you sound like lucifer man you fucking lost it like i just love it so much and um yeah, I really like that as a difference to Good Omens, where, I mean, as you say, it's a very obvious sort of like, and now here comes the antagonist. Yeah, I didn't, I like, not making fun of it, but I just was like, no, the moment like, you meet them, you're like, talk, okay, talk, talk. Loki's the killer, Bartleby's the calm one, I guarantee by the end... <laughs> Um, switcheroo yeah there's gonna be a little switcheroo because Bottleby has to have a breakdown he can't remain as this totally mm-hmm. cool calm guy for the whole thing and have no character development literally um, I think things like the movie Massacre which I've now dubbed it um, I, it was one of my favourite scenes when I was a teenager I used to like rewatch it on its own all the time I really loved the craftsmanship of the scene the way it played out Watching it now, it's it's not as like incredible filmmaking as I used to like. What, hail what it scene as. do you mean? Sorry, when they um, crash the like board meeting and oh, like kill yes. everyone. I was there not discussion at the beginning where he claimed that he'd made up that cow, or did I totally misunderstand something he was saying? Oh no, he was just giving you the backstory of the cow. It was made by a kindergarten teacher and then it was like bought out uh, by the See, I think I just misheard him. Mickey so Mouse. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> Loki created this cow, like, <laughs> image and then they stole it from him. And I was like, that's never come up. But okay, that was just me <laughs> mishearing something. Yeah. Good to know. It's complicated. And it's funny, that's the funny thing about dogma. They sort of plant all of these different things throughout that then they call back to. But if you weren't full on paying attention to every second of the movie. And like reading it on subtitles, I would say, because you can hear people say stuff and it won't go in, or at least for me. Um, Yeah. If you were reading something on subtitles, maybe you would get dogma more on the first time. Yeah. No, I agree. I think because there's a lot of like biblical language as well, and like um, uh, all of these different places that they refer to in like Jerusalem and um, Sodom and Gomorrah and all that kind of thing. All of these things, and this is the thing as well. I think you have to have a vague understanding of like Christianity to get a a lot of the jokes and and b like. And also more than Christianity. Possibly that was what Kevin Smith was doing. He because the whole drive of this movie is that instead of having a, a stone concrete religion you should have a bunch of good ideas that can change and evolve it's as a, the world does it's interesting on that front because there were moments where I really got that it was trying to do that but overall was it not saying that Christianity was correct not correct but no I got I got this time around more than ever I because I used to be like oh my god what a great message and like they started saying they're like oh I have a good idea they can constantly change and I was like yes 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 
And as you say, by the time we got to the end of the movie, I was like, wait, God exists, is infallible, is 100% right. Yeah, it's pe- is peaceful in a very uh, yeah, Christian sense. New Testament yeah. way. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ exists and is the son yeah. of God. So it, yeah. it is saying Christianity it is, is correct. Canon. It still canon has a few things in there where it's like, I mean, that in itself is not, it's a fictional film and it's based mm. in a world where Christianity is the correct religion and not necessarily yeah. the only thing that makes you a moral person, but a it's a world where like, oh, Jesus Christ existed and was the son of God. Mm. And we have to accept that in order for the film to... Absolutely. Makes and I think that's why he puts the disclaimer at the front to be like, before I'm trying you to be funny. Me, <laughs> I understand that other religions exist and I am by no means discounting them. But for this movie to work, I need you to just be like, Christianity is the one religion. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi <laughs> where we accept that that's the thing that happened. Yeah, and in fairness, Good yeah. Omens has that same sort of thing where it's like, Hello, in order to, uh, for the, like, prologue, in order for this book to make sense, we need to sort of get it, like, we're not really going to discuss Jesus, but we have to at least get you to accept that, like, God made the earth 4,000 years ago, and that's mm-hmm. where we're that's at. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it was, it's interesting. It's not as, um, I think in my head I thought it was quite a multicultural film, where it's, Really, uh, by that I don't mean diversity in cast. I mean like uh, what it's talking about with religion, where mm. it's more Christianity based than I uh, remembered it was. Yeah, but that's it's an interesting take on Christianity with loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> with loopholes, it it's a it's funny. I was going to call it a fun little movie, but on this rewatch, I was really like, God, no! You really have to like pay attention. Yeah. Like, just because I used to stick it on in the background a lot because I knew it inside out, like watching it this time and knowing that you'd only seen it once like 20 years ago, I was like, fuck, occasionally, like, I can't talk over any of this. Occasionally <laughs> I'd make comments to you and I could see the panic in your eyes as you were like, she's missing <laughs> vital information. I was like, I don't care, I've got to talk. <laughs> I, know. I know, and I really tried not to because I was like, that's a true and funny point, but you need to hear what Seymour Hayek is going to say because otherwise the last like 15 minutes is not going to make any fucking sense. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, kind of the point of the movie, but also frustrating because you like, you really do have to be like every single word and it's so wordy. And like, I love that. I love movies that are basically should be plays. Yeah. And I know there's like a a whole thing where like that show don't tell, but I'm like, no, tell, tell me if you're funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a, at points felt a bit Tarantino-y, at points Mm. felt like other great movies where it's very dialogue based and witty um sometimes it was too fast it kind of yeah like it's the same problem i had with juno and i know juno is not a complex plot but sometimes i'd be like the fuck did you just say you just (laughs) rattled off words at me and i'm sure they were really witty but like it was so fast and i don't understand half of what you're saying because it's like a reference um yeah Oh god, the references in this movie. I watched this first time when I was like 13, maybe, and I'd only really watched the same few movies my whole life up until that point. So for years, I was like, don't know about Conair, don't know who John Hughes is, 
Like, and then she would be like, 16 Candles, John Hughes. And I used to be like, I wonder what that means. Like, That's that so like funny a, to me because when person? I was watching it, I was like, this film is made up of references Emily would like. Because now I'm like, <laughs> Emily likes John Hughes. Emily likes, what was the thing that happened later? They referenced something that I was like, that's for Emily. Home Alone. Home Alone. They did. Um, um, yeah, Con Air, the, pi- the piano. Um, just like there was another one, and I won't be able to think of it now, but there was one where I was like, oh, that's a reference for Emily. It's like a little <laughs> Emily reference. <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting that I've gone on to now understand every single reference that they make. Uh, wax on, wax off. Mm-hmm. Um just absolutely everything but watching it as a very young teenager i i don't know what i think that's why i was so obsessed with the sort of speeches and the characters because it was the only thing i understood because <laughs> like everything else i was like don't get that don't know what they mean by that what? that's cool what? is that an american what? thing i don't know like <laughs> skee-ball i i was like what the fuck skee-ball i don't like i don't know i didn't i still didn't know so what like I, in it. my head i'm imagining foosball but i'm guessing it's something different in, yeah, I mean, I still don't really know, but in my head, I've sort of or put air it hockey? to like a yeah, like a sort of fairground attraction-y type sport. Should we Google thing. it now? What's skeeball? Skeeball. Oh fucking hell! It's just that game when you throw a ball at a hole. What? It's that that one that's at like rubbish fairs where it's like you throw I it. I love that game. All right, well there you go. You you can you are god. <laughs> You can relate, hey. but I thought skee-ball was more complex than that. My mistake. Yeah, I thought it was like because it's the opening shot has skee-ball in on the back wall, and then the guys in rollerblades with hockey sticks come over. Oh. I always thought skee-ball was that sort of thing. But yeah, do you, like the opening of the movie, you see God looking out. Yeah, I d- the, I did get yeah. that for some reason, and maybe it's from her, I'm, I'm assuming it's from seeing it before. But I was like, that's God. And I don't know if it's because 20 million films since then have, like, referenced that the old man humming nicely to himself looking out at the wonder of the world is the God. God or Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. like, it, I, I was like, well, that's a mystical man. This is dogma. Yeah. It must be God. And yeah. So there was no, no, no surprise with that bit on my... But in fairness, I have seen this absolutely. twice. It's just that one of them was a very long time ago. And, and I think it's it's a valid assumption to make and I think you're not expected to not guess that I just think you're expected to sort of forget it because mm. did you spend the whole movie being like for fuck's sake just go and get that guy out of his coma did I, you actually not, not no. for fuck's sake go get him out but I was like when is that man coming back because yeah, there was yeah. so much discussion where I was like I'm pretty sure I know where God is but I don't like okay. yeah. and, and again that was in a very it wasn't like uh, maybe actually I've forgotten this I maybe did the priest say that he was in um, New Jersey no I don't think so he because um, you we don't find out that God is missing until an hour and ten minutes into this movie so then they're like God's missing we don't know where he is he goes to play skee-ball yeah but it could be anywhere but we know at the beginning in the church that it scene, said they're skee-ball. like John Doe coma person um, I wasn't following it's not like every time they mentioned him I was like oh yeah God but the very first scene I was like that's God and he's gotten mm. beaten up and stuff and then 
whenever there was peril related to where God was, I was like, at some point they're going to bring in this old dude, but I wasn't, oh, there's a moth in my room. Um, sorry. But I was like, they're going to bring in this old dude. <laughs> sorry, I was trying to say it in the exact same tone I did last time. I don't want to. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, they're going to bring in this old dude. But it took such a long time for that to happen uh that yeah i sort of doubted that was the solution and then it finally Mm. happened yeah 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 sorry i'm just gonna shut my window uh two seconds so that more of you little bitches can't come in and if you're waiting for them to bring god back and they still not here and it's like bartleby's about to enter the church and you're like for the love of god like (laughs) for the love of god where is she yeah (laughs) i am there was a point where we paused about an hour and 18 minutes in for me to go to the loo and get some wine and i was like when we paused it the cursor looked like it was in the middle of the screen and i was like are you kidding me because like everything has already happened and what else can there be apart from they've got to go to the church i thought exactly the same thing it was at 118 and it still had like an hour to go and i was like my god and how because they covered so much and and i do struggle to think what they covered in that last hour because obviously there was the finale, but the finale didn't take an hour. There was that D- Azrael came in to explain his bit. Was that necessary? Think, no, but I think that was it. That's what dragged it out. Azrael keeping them there, killing Azrael, then going to the the church, the church, going to see the cardinal, having the opening, having them come in, have the massacre. Like now I'm thinking about it, I can remember what happened, but a lot of it wasn't necessary yeah. at all. So let me ask you, Emily, as uh, someone who's seen the film many a time, what does the ending mean? What happened to Loki and Bartleby? You know, I've never thought about it until this viewing, and as I was watching it, I was like, where are they? Like, where are they now? Like, are they ceased to exist? Because she doesn't do anything to them that seems particularly different she literally blows Bartleby's head up yeah well she she acknowledges him as a human I guess I would take it as she gets everyone who's not dead or magical (laughs) of God (laughs) to cover their ears and he doesn't and she kills him with her voice which means he was a human yeah was what is that he says thank you so is she taking him to heaven but it's like she's not infallible because he dies as a human so goes to heaven and she allows that to happen but then is that not exactly the same as what his plan was what the hell <laughs> yeah well like, and i don't where's matt damon is is he in hell hell presumably he because they heaven? say he didn't go through the arch but then if you become yeah. human are your sins as an angel like are you sinning when you're an angel because you don't even have free will yeah so maybe it's, he goes to heaven honestly, too but he doesn't act like he goes to heaven it's an unwilling death yeah it, it, and 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 Bartleby wouldn't have killed him if he thought he was going to go to heaven. Or would he have? Surely, because what, he was what, like, you lost the faith. He says you lost the faith, but is it actually... He tells him before. And, like, I could have, if he hadn't said that, taken it as an act of kindness. He's like, you're a human. I'm still doing my thing. You're trying to stand up to me. Let me kill you now. Like, you can have peace. 
but he says you lost the faith but no he fucking didn't like everything he said everything loki says past the point where bartleby does his little character switch is it's within biblical belief sits he's still trying to do the right not necessarily the right thing but he's anti-murdering everyone yeah what does I, he lost the, you lost the faith mean like which which faith in me like, is that what he means because bartleby has no faith in god anymore or faith in angels as a race no faith in humanity so what does he have faith in faith is such an odd choice of word well is bartleby saying you lost faith in me like i was the person you were following and now i slay you as your new god i mean it's all a bit again as i was watching it i was like is it is it cain and abelie or like is it I don't like am I meant to be seeing other biblical references here but or are we just killing Matt Damon because his time's up and he needs to go back to his trailer because it it did feel you don't see anything of him after that you don't know where his body goes you don't know where his soul goes does he have a soul he's human now so in theory he does so in theory he's going to hell it felt it seem... felt really weird because Bartleby has a I would say a closure moment you see that he's glad with the choices happening which suggests he's going to heaven, but even if he's not, he's, like, relieved. Yeah, and he's forgiven and satisfied. Yeah. Loki doesn't get that. And again, I cannot get over that his name is Loki, and that's not... I know, it's really weird. I'm not saying, because I'm not... I don't think Bartleby is an angel's name either, but Loki's really specifically not an angel's name. It's a Norse god yeah. name. So it's it's just strange that they... I think it- doesn't help that we're in a like post Avengers world. It doesn't so help. Intrinsically but tied with you know me, Emily, and I I have told you many a time how much I'm interested <laughs> in Norse mythology. I've tried to read you things many a time. <laughs> um, but many like I just love, you know, those stories are so silly and so it's so specific. I mean mm-hmm. I think, although I'm not sure because as you said, we're in a post Avengers world where everything's changed but i think people even before that knew that loki was like a sort of mischievous god type thing right or maybe not yeah yeah no i would agree i think as a kid i didn't i didn't really they were always just matt damon and ben affleck Mm. to me um their names were meaningless everyone's name was meaningless ultimately in this movie which is a a shame and it's sort of similar to Quentin Tarantino characters where I'm like they could be called literally anything and it's cute that they're called that but it doesn't matter because yeah. I will never refer to them as that I will always refer to them as Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction um, and I feel like even Quentin Tarantino does that where he yeah. you, you'll read his scripts and he'll write the names and then he'll Man, write in brackets woman. Tim Roth this is written yeah. for Tim Roth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like so it doesn't matter that his name is Pumpkin matter. or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that's how I've always felt so it's never really been distracting before but it I wonder if it was a choice or if it was just a mistake or if it was just he was it like, might... yeah, but that sounds kind of godish. Yeah, and it like could be that, like, like names into Google. They could be names that they've chosen that sound kind of biblical, but aren't because you can't have a biblical name when you're on Earth. Or they could be that he didn't want to try and like 
besmirch or bless the name of a established biblical character. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah, many that's... reasons it could happen. It was just, it stood out to me that his name was Loki because I only really know that. Well, I know it from Avengers now and before that I know it from a, a Norse mythology where it doesn't fit. And I, I, and I just was interested as to what that was trying to say because part of me thought maybe they're trying to be like, oh, he influenced... He influenced Norse mythology. He influenced Norse understanding of the gods. But then you're like, but Bartleby's got nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I don't... It's most likely that Kevin Smith was like, ah, fucking no. It's like a... It's like a Bible-y type name without pissing the Catholics off by taking their names in vain. Um... And he just done fucked up because he picked one of the most famous non-Catholic religious icons. It's possibly like me when I was 11 being like, I'm going to name her Selena for the moon. <laughs> and she's going to be pale and have big eyes. Like the moon. Ta-da. Which is, you know, fine. Yeah, fine. Like, I love that you had to explain to me, he's a demon because he has horns. And I was like, no, Emily. <laughs> like, <laughs> His name. It, it can't be that simple because his name lines up with the angel of death in certain Islamic and Jewish texts. And <laughs> um, I think I was expecting to find it... Uh, I, I could remember the character of uh, Jay and I wasn't as like offended by him as I thought I was going to be now that I'm grown up and all like self-proclaimed feminist and stuff because they manage a lot of the time not always to ride a quite understanding tongue-in-cheek line of like we know these people are idiots we are good people who are writing this it's and it's so obvious throughout the whole thing that every line they give him is intended to be making fun of that viewpoint Mm. um so it's it's not like there's you know a sort of it's not like one of those things where it creates a sort of Bojack Horseman type hero where he says terrible things but he's the hero and people end mm-hmm. up thinking you're supposed to like what he's saying. Yeah. Jay is so obviously repugnant in that sense. He's like a yeah. good boy deep down but he has all these viewpoints and like stuff shit he comes out with that mm-hmm. is meant to be silly Um, I I think they're really good at like genuinely not just in the way where some shows do it where it's like it's supposed to be funny that they're like a racist it's like genuinely very clearly like oh he's saying a really sexist thing but then we're gonna do like a pause afterwards to demonstrate how embarrassing that is that he said that and how shit of a viewpoint it is yeah at points it got a little tiresome yeah but i think that again ties in with how long the movie was and i was like i don't need him to make another fucking pussy joke can we please just save humanity now and there was occasional points like i didn't like that the gotcha at him was oh you think about men when you masturbate and it was like that's not re- that's kind of the same thing back at him and yet mm. it wasn't given the same even though I do believe that the film is it's LGBT friendly in the sense that like 
it has a very clear you know in the same in the way that Bartleby no disowns that guy as a human because he um disowned his gay son and it says that like it's a really clearly that is not christian justice that is not a kind thing to do that is not the work of a good person yeah. But and it's got a lot of male friendships that are mistaken, but not in a, they're not they're never offended to be yeah. mistaken. Yeah, um, you know, and like with Bartleby and Loki, that's not a it's not like a ew no no. Yeah. It's just a, like oh no, we're not together because we're like holy angels <laughs> or unholy <laughs> angels, I guess. But um, yeah. it but does yeah, still fall uh, into that thing sometimes where even despite all those good strides, it has jokes where it's like, ha ha ha, he thinks about men when he masturbates. And yeah. I know that's partly just because his character is so pussy-driven. Yeah. <laughs> Hetero. Hetero. Um, but it's... I still didn't find that particular stuff very funny because it just felt kind of yeah. dated. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, it is a film from 1999, and to be fair to it, it has very few casualties of being a product of the 90s. Um, I've seen a lot worse and a lot more dated, awful stuff in other movies. Agreed. Um, I, I think I'm, uh, we said it at the time. Uh, I think they could have given something else for Salma Hayek to do. I don't know why she was in the movie, to be fair. Yeah. Like, what did she do? I'm not sure. Like, I, I'd love to interview someone on what the thought process of that was because I understand that serendipity and like amuse is supposed is kind of in many ways a sort of sexual or beautiful creature that inspires an artist. But what is she inspiring with that? And it just felt like an excuse to have a shot in a. Uh, oh, I've sp- I don't know why I'm struggling so hard to think of what a strip joint. I keep being like, <laughs> sex dungeon, strip <laughs> dance, <laughs> lap boogie. <laughs> um, in a strip joint. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it... oh, the, the whole... There's absolutely no reason for it to be there. There's no reason for that gang to be there. There's no reason for us to go there in the first place. Yeah, there was, no there's no narrative reason for it either. It's not like she makes a yeah. point about, oh, I do not this once. in order to inspire something, something. I don't know what the hell their reasoning would be. But there's no... It's just her, again, being introduced in a movie in a really weird sexual way that then she never even... like. At least in From Dusk Till Dawn, she gets the power back. And I, even though it's filmed in a very gratuitous way and Quentin Tarantino gets his excuse to get his stuff in, it still felt like there there was shots of it where it was giving her a character moment. Like, she was doing something for a reason and then by the end of the scene she has control. Whereas this was really like, I just want to see her do a little dance around a pole. And I I just didn't get it. It just felt against the spirit of the film. And maybe someone will have some inside information that, like, explains it more. But it felt to me not a good enough reason to introduce one of a few female characters in it and the i guess ap- apart from god the only like holy female character um mm. and god doesn't count i know like 
No, you, God doesn't count. They even this isn't the a thing against... They don't have a gender. Yeah, Sorry. God doesn't count because they don't have a gender. And they also... Um, and this isn't against dogma, because I don't think dogma's been misogynistic or anything. But it, movies that posit that God is a woman, but then have an entirely male cast... And I'm not talking about any particular movie. I can't even think of one right now. But you you know that thing yeah, where it's yeah. like every yeah, angel, yeah. every important character you meet is like male. Yeah. Kind of like the Good Omens TV show, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really thought it through that much. But like you can't go, oh, God is a woman and that absolves everything because that's a, that's like the base tier of like oh this like non-talking character that it doesn't really truly matter but it's like a statement because it's god yeah that one's a woman there you go that allows us there to you go fill the rest of the cast with men it's very true and i think because i used to love bethany so much and i'd never seen a woman over 25 that like had been through stuff be the protagonist and act in the way that she act and talked in the way that she talked I was fascinated with her and I thought she was wonderful. Still believe all of those things, but I, this time it was very glaringly obvious that she and Serendipity are the only females in this movie. As you say, God does not count. And um, Selma Hayek has f- literally fuck all to do. She literally Yeah, I didn't really get what her point was. And I didn't understand what, like, why can't she just she has, be another angel come along to I do think, something? Like, why is she the strip joint serendipity? I wonder if Kevin Smith wrote a bunch of interesting uh, speeches about ideas he had about the Christian faith and whether he wanted to make a point about gender in the Bible and he felt the best way to do that is to get, have, a, have a woman say it because, you, you know, it's not you know it's not our place to be like oh you know even though i'm writing it as a man i feel like it needs to be delivered as a woman yeah. because it's about gender so i need a female character in here who's not bethany and who's um, not within the same cabal of people who are parroting the stuff of god like it needs to be a character yeah. who is holy but not an like, angel yeah so i it makes sense in that sense but it it really is only to put those points in there to be like, hey, have you ever noticed how sexist the Bible is? Because also, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, that's not a revelation. Yeah. And once and it's, you... <laughs> I, I kind of, I don't know, I like that it's not, he's not trying to be like, holy shit, people. Have you read the Bible? It's really sexist. Because I think he knows we know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of just those things where it's like, she, like you said, I agree. She seems like she's created to say points. But what is her actual Which character? Which I about? love. I love everything she has to say. I love the way she says it. I love her outfit. I love her hair. Like, I really loved her. Other than all that cool shit that I like to quote a lot, she does fuck all. She really does nothing. Yeah, she's kind of a mouthpiece, isn't she? And I'm glad she's in it, but it does feel like there might have been some better setup or better use of her. Um, I'd be interested to see a remake. Not a remake, because I don't think you can remake something that's so clearly done by, like, an auteur. But to take these ideas and these characters, and even the same actors, and just... Redo it slight, just twinge it. <laughs> it's a few small <laughs> tweaks. Make it that a little bit better and pop it out again. Um, yeah, that's my feedback, Kevin. You're welcome. 
couple more women thrown in there. Yeah, more wi- more more characters of diversity again. Only two, as far as I can remember, diverse characters, and they don't even get the thing of oh, there's a god is also diverse because she or they are not. Um, you've only got Chris Rock and Salma Hayek, as far as I can think of non-white yeah. characters, and then you've got yeah. the gang of unnamed characters who get killed by a shit demon, and I didn't Instantly. love because I was like, oh, good, and then I was like, oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, just the severe lack of women, and there doesn't seem to be any real reason as to why, other than like, oh, the Bible is sexist, um, but God herself is a woman sometimes, because at the beginning of the movie, she's a man, and then at the end of the movie, she's a woman. Yeah, so and why does Alan Rickman, I didn't understand the point of that bit, when he, when she starts saying, oh, God, her, she, he starts doing the same, but in a sarcastic tone. So... Is, does she appear as a woman at the end because that's Bethany's um, perception by that point? Um, because Alan Rickman seems to be really like, not scathing, but like, oh, okay, we're doing the different pronouns, are we? And Yeah, um, it's an odd choice. Yeah. Um, and as, we, as I say, at the beginning of the movie, she's an old man. Yeah. So she's kind of whatever she wants to be which Rufus does follow up with but I remember as a teenager it was a huge thing in my school where like every for some reason everyone had seen dogma and it was such a thing that we were all like god is a woman <laughs> god is a woman um, <laughs> and then that there was that never really like dance song that came out that went god is a girl da, 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 <laughs> and that was supposed to be like we feminist and shit was, when it was yeah. just like a generic that was our wave of feminism. Yeah, trying to like... just like just fucking claiming like powerful <laughs> standard deity. fatherly roles and being like, "That's us. That's me now. <laughs> That's, That's it. I'm represented." Um, but like, uh, yes, with women, but also with diversity. Where um, yes. I don't think we saw any angels that were non-white. Yeah, or demons like that kind of. There seemed to be. I don't know, if I was going to go deep into what the casting told me in the world of Dogma, when they tell me that angels existed and demons existed before humans, it almost seemed like they were like, oh, well, male and white was the default, and then there was diversity. And I'm not saying yeah. that's what they were saying, but I think well, you probably have adds... to think when you're casting angels yeah. to be like, do I want to suggest that like it's a diverse culture of angels or at least all skin tones you know so i just feel like yeah anything you cast where you are casting the original creations yeah you you do have to think like are you suggesting that god started with a default setting and if so Mm. carefully fucking think about what you're saying default setting of um not human yeah not human but humanity is what was the what template were the angels built off or you should probably make it diverse just because that makes sense in terms of like presumably god has no judgment over skin color or gender or anything like that when you throw in chris rock's little speech at the mcdonald's where he's like i was purposefully left out of the bible because i was black as well even though that's very clearly sort of chris rock doing a how did you feel about that because I was a little confused because what was really strange was that as far as I can recall there wasn't much discussion about how the bible is based in um 
places that don't have generically white people in it why are they you know there's a lot of discussion now about how jesus is perceived as white when surely everyone within the bible probably would have been middle eastern and i know there was more um travel between countries in those days than we realize now so probably other races as well but, well, but like not white and so never it, white it was this strange to me <laughs> that um his chat was oh, sorry his speech was so um specific to i guess american christianity modern religion yeah, um, american perceivement that's not a word it is now of the bible and a white jesus yeah um, and i felt i found that bit a little hard to believe just because i was like what do you mean he was the only black one like were the others white that doesn't make any sense and he calls them white the way he was like they've got 12 other white dudes to choose from referring to all of the disciples like this was the first time that i turned around and i was like wait what yeah (laughs) what and that um it, it felt a little bit like i guess that was just a sort of 99 style of that, like it was, um, it was being progressive by discussing yeah. that there's not black Lost. people in the Bible, but also it was making assumptions to do with people's races in the Bible, and um, it was just, yes. yeah. I saw the point it was making, and I didn't find it like it wasn't offensive. It wasn't, tr- you know, uh, trying to posit something racist, mm-hmm. but it did feel in 2020 like, what do you mean, like twelve yeah, other white yeah. boys? Like, surely we're at the point now where we all agree they no, weren't white but... right <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's it's interesting coming at, at it now i think yeah i think they were going from a world view of america in the 1990s and i believe i think the casting would have been driven by that as well like back in the day when your movie would have one woman and she would be played by like no offense to these people but like Shelley's theron or Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And, like, that was it. And, like, everyone else was a white guy and you might get one other diverse person. So the fact that this movie had two women and two diverse people could be argued Yeah, and discussed diversity, at least. Like, even if it... Yeah. I... Everything... Like, not everything it said, I was like, oh, that doesn't really work in current understandings. And in fairness, yeah. I'm talking about our current understandings of like our limited knowledge of the bible whereas i'm sure there are still people who are like what do you mean like they were white or whatever because of biblical art from what we are i mean every child in a nativity play takes their donkey to fucking bethlehem and we know where where bethlehem Bethlehem is is geographically (laughs) it's fascinating like can we argue that something like dogma or life of brian has been made today is there anything like does anyone really make religious commentary in mainstream movies anymore there's no such thing as a real controversial mainstream movie and i mean this was miramax it was independent ish um i won't call it necessarily main main mainstream like a like iron man but i think it still had a cinematic release yeah. that was well received it's still critical i'm trying to um, think like i can't it's hard to think i think we also live in a different time now where satirical religious takes are kind of a lot more i'd be really surprised to see people actively complaining in the way they did about like life of brian um because it's just not really listened to now in a world of like post south park where it's like everything is satire we can make fun of whatever we bloody want and that's kind of just 
the view. Dogma technically has, if you take Bethany as the protagonist and not Loki and Bartleby, a female protagonist. It does, yeah. It, again, Is that because we wanted to get preggers at the end a la Mary? Yeah, I, I I have to be honest. I didn't love that bit, and I'd that's forgotten fair. that happened. I mm-hmm. it's not like it's so obvious that's what's going to happen from the beginning because they say again and again that she can't have kids, have kids, and it's really established as a thing. Um, it was a bit weird because on one hand, there's the sort of consent thing where it's like, yes, she wanted to get pregnant, but like not by surprise <laughs> by God by as a single mother. Like it wasn't, it wasn't established enough that she was like, oh God, I wish I could just, just have a child, you know, suddenly. So that was a bit of a shock, but it also was like, was it just me? Or maybe I'm sensitive, like, after, like, Avengers 2, where it's like, oh, no, a woman can't have a child. Oh, God, She's her life monster. is worthless. And even though the movie was trying not to say that's a thing, it still kind of fell into that thing of, like, ooh, a woman unable to bear a child. I know what you mean. I think, and this time as well, I've always taken it as, like, she's always just wanted a family whether that's because that's how she perceives being normal or whether that's where she wants to derive her happiness regardless that's what she seems to genuinely yeah it's a valid wish and um at the very end i think it really is a good thing that alan rickman comes up to her and he's like you came through you're gonna be fine i always knew you were gonna be and she's like she has complete control she's complete confidence and positive outlook on her life where she's like I know I'm the last scion like I have come to terms with who I am who I am is important I have a responsibility that's wonderful and I'm really looking forward to going into the future now I know that God exists my crisis of faith is over I'm satisfied as a person and then they're like bonus bonus you're having a baby yeah agreed she's like oh nice nice yay just what i wanted hopefully it won't be crucified age 30 yeah i know what you're saying it felt like i this is gonna be me being really picky because actually i do think it's a nice ending for our female protagonist and what a like great way to end a movie but like should she not have learnt to be happy should she not have found worth in herself why is she now and also if she could always become pregnant with the child of god then god was actively restricting her and again it falls back into that thing of i guess she finds a purpose in her suffering but it's like what she said in her monologue where she was like what about my plan is that not good enough for god why can't i do my thing and um on the timeline that I wanted it yeah and in with my control and my wishes and and I guess you've got to take it that God isn't micromanaging every human life well I uh, but But then then is she did she actively keep her childless so that this would occur and I I was waiting for it this time around I was like hey and here comes the bit where she gets pregnant and for the first time I was like wait this is a selfish act from God because God's like, cool, well, Bethany's only got, like, what, 50 more years. Yes, yeah. there's going to be more drama in crisis. 60 years, so we're going to need your kid so to step in. Uh, don't worry, scared. I'll make them unable to have kids and to angst about that for 20 years. <laughs> and then well. maybe I'll bless them with the child if they do what I want them to do. 
(laughs) if I was going to be super harsh about God that's how I would have taken that finale it was like well done you've done what I asked so I guess I will un-infertile you and I will re-fertile you I saw it as God like making plans for the future because then Bethany's even like why I know it's really arrogant of me to like ask about your grand plan and like and God's like haha yeah and like this time around I really was like God is just fucking putting it on a hard drive it's just memory sticking the Jesus chromosome by impregnating Bethany now Bethany kind of needs to know does this mean that Bethany is now super safe because she's carrying the son or daughter of God and therefore God will never allow like a car to hit her or another heartbreak to happen or it really when you start thinking about it too much it really does get very overwhelmingly confusing and worrying just I mean I guess if I was going to be soft about the ending it would be that she can now have faith that she's taken care of but it just this this thing that happened exists in a world of like cruelty and you can just get randomly murdered in a boardroom when you're just going about your job after cheating on your wife. And it, it was interesting because it's a kind thing to do for her, but then it makes you question, well, if you can do kind things at random for people and your God, why have you been off playing skee-ball when you should have been fucking? <laughs> I think it comes back to what Bartleby's saying. He gave them free will. He gave them choice. He just sort of made. But it's the not free will to them. be infertile. It's not free will to get shot in the face by Loki. True, and she does ask, "Where was God when a little infection destroyed my uterus? Where was God when my husband left me for another woman?" and you know, where was God? Was he always playing skee-ball? Was he watching and being like, yeah, I'll wait. Eventually, yeah, I'll impress Maybe I won't. Because maybe, you know, I doubt God ever... Oh, but is he omniscient? Did he know he was going to be captured? He is omniscient. We know that. So how did, did he know he was going to be captured? So why did he go to skee-ball that day? Oh, shit. Like... We need a sequel. <laughs> we need answers. <laughs> we need answers, Kevin. <laughs> Oh man. But like, you know, it sparks conversation in a very good way. It does. It's a good movie. And also just when you're not thinking that hard about stuff, I think it's lovely the way it all comes together. It discusses free will. It brings up Mm. a lot of points. Like, that stuff's good. It just also has some solutions where you're like, but if that's a solution, then (laughs) how come? But then I guess that again falls into, you know, like people praying when they're praying to be taken out of a period of suffering. When they eventually do, I'm sure many people feel that their prayers have been answered. But Mm. maybe down the line you question why you ever had to go through that if God was always willing to listen. And on that note... (laughs) That's a bit of a mic drop on religion then. Um, Just some food for thought. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get any of this from my religious studies class. So in in the end, I would say it was actually a really bad job of her. I'm not even sure we saw the ending. Upon watching it, I'm like, I'm not convinced that we saw the ending. I can't imagine that you would have been... Like, no offence, but, like, allowed to watch something so... I think they watched it over two sessions, and I saw maybe the first half or something, because I was, like, off ill the second half. Sure. Ill. (laughs) Skyping. Didn't, hadn't done my textiles homework, so I pretended to be able to stay home for that. (laughs) God. Yeah, so that was Dogma. I mean, great movie, holds up, some problems, issues, concerns, but 
religion. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think it should just say that in the credits in order to, like, cover everything. It had the disclaimer at the start, but it should at the end yeah. just have, like, a it's shrug a emoji. Like, oh. If only emojis had been properly, like, established by then, he could have done yeah. a little shrug emoji and everyone would be like, ah, yes, Brave. I get it. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I don't think I need to rush back and watch it anytime soon. It was a nice to return to, but um, I am older and wiser now. <laughs> and the Bible is definitely set in the Middle East, so <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. It made me yeah. think of Good Omens. <laughs> <laughs> which is always a plus yeah it's always a good day when good omens is involved when i'm reviewing stuff i just go off how much it reminded me of one of my favorite books and if it didn't it's you know a big fat strange? zero <laughs> lost in translation i can't relate it to jonathan strange and mr norrell or good omens so i'm out of here zero <laughs> i got nothing um well thank you for watching this with me i'm glad that you enjoyed it and that you weren't like oh dear god what is this Blast from my past network crossover tribute to Kevin Smith's early works. Boom. Remembering me, discover and see all over the world. She's known as a girl to those who are free. The mind shall be key, forgotten as the past, cause history will last. Got us a girl wherever you are. everybody i'm adam i'm john and every week we are giving you a blast from our past we are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns tv show reviews album reviews top tens and more all from the things of our nostalgic past so please join us every single week on the blast from our past podcast you can find us on spotify stitcher apple podcasts however you listen to podcasts you can find us and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. What's up, guys and gals and everyone in between? This is Tess from Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, the place where a fun gal like me dives into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. Join me every Wednesday as I review a new comic book topic with a fun guest. I don't know if you know this, but comic books rule, dude. why this film podcast has a patreon patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid 
head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier for three pound a month you can join camelot and enjoy early access to episodes including seasons one to three you'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod for £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate, and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long-lost movies, and I hope you do too.